0: What if we had a show about
3: solutions? You know, a repair manual for the real world. Not
1: the same old left versus right. I am right.
2: I'm right. And you are wrong. You're wrong. Boring. Boring. <laughs> yeah, something new. Yeah, something new. How to make the world a better place. Yeah. How do we fix it? How do we fix it?
1: Hey, I'm Richard Davies, and How Do We Fix It is about new ideas, a repair manual for the real world. And I'm Jim Meggs, and looking for practical solutions is what we do here. Today, the
3: perils and opportunities of money. We all need love and security and a sense of purpose to be happy, and like it or not, We need money to pay the bills and plan for the
1: future. Our guest today, the host of the podcast So Money, Farnoosh Tarabi. She spent her career thinking and writing about money. It's a pretty impressive
3: career. Before a daily podcast, Farnoosh had written for Money Magazine, Yahoo Finance, The Wall Street Journal. And she's written several books on personal
1: finance. Hey, Farnoosh, let's start at zero. Uh, Make the case for why money should be part of our daily lives, part of our thinking. How should we be thinking about money?
0: Well, you should definitely be thinking about money in your personal life. A lot of us don't even take that first step of even acknowledging that money is important and uh, that it can be a means to uh, achieving a lot of our life's goals. So I like to think of money as a means to a bright end. And Uh, not a final end, but, you know, along the way, we have goals in life. We have uh, things that we would like to accomplish, whether it's to start a family, start a business, go back to school, all those really exciting and important milestones in life, you can't achieve them without money. Let's but, be honest. Money
1: important. But there is one real problem, Farnish, and that is that a lot of people are really struggling today, even now, even five, six years after the worst of the recession. A lot of people lost their jobs. Uh, a lot of people are, are really struggling. So what about them? Do, do, are, they, are they able also to take advantage of money, even though of they're really Struggle.
0: money does not discriminate you know money is out there one of the best pieces of advice that i got was that the world is abundant you know the money is out there and it's it's really it's quite empowering i think to think of it like this that you have the ability to go out there and claim what's yours it is achievable anyone can do it if they set their mind to it and they make money Uh, they give money a bigger priority in their life. It's not that you're obsessing over it or that you are putting money before friends and family. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you acknowledge that money can be very powerful. I see the proof out there. It can be done. And if you have a story in your head that says, I'm not good enough, I'm not rich enough, I can't work the certain job that will pay me enough money. I'm not skilled enough. Those are just barriers that you've created in your mind that are keeping you away from being able to reach financial freedom. You know, you are really the one who has the power here. And I just want everyone to be certain of that.
1: So, so put money in your life, make it something that's, that you can talk at least to yourself about.
0: Right, right. And before you even start to make the money, it's really important to get in the right mindset about money that, you know, money for you can be a really helpful tool, and that uh, what is it that you can do that you will enjoy doing to make that money? How can you think outside of the box and be strategic? Um, and and if you're in a relationship, you know, talk about money with your partner because you can't expect that the money will just figure itself out, that the, that the goals will just figure themselves out, and the money will fall into place without. The conversations without the plan. So it's very important that you engage in these important money conversations ongoing throughout your relationship.
3: So, Fernouche, you say that money is a taboo topic. Um, You know, why do you think that is?
0: I think because in our culture, at least, it is a topic that is very it has been for forever. It's been a very private topic. Uh, we don't reveal our salaries. We feel as though uh, how much we make is sometimes revealing of what we're worth. We think that um, having too much of it is not something that's appropriate to talk about. Having too little of it is just also a sign of weakness. Um, yeah, money is just layered with emotions. And I think that it's hard to talk about something that's emotional. And it is, I think, one of the last cultural taboos in our country, at least. But we're getting better at it. I think the recession in some ways, if there was one silver lining, was that it got people to talk about money and to really address their fears.
3: But it may may be almost the case that in order not to have to think about money or talk about money, you have to... First, you have to get the money, you have to get your money house in order uh, right. in order to be able to step back like that.
0: Truly. Yeah, I think that there's there's only upside to staying informed. And I ask this on my podcast regularly. What is one habit that you do that keeps you connected with your money? And everyone that I've interviewed who has a healthy relationship with their money. And I'm not even talking about the really rich people. I'm talking just people that feel as though they feel Financially secure. And, and, and they say they are doing something, whether it's checking their bank balance or reading the paper about uh, the economy or talking to their loved one about money or something where you're in touch, I think can go a very long way.
2: Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind.
0: way.
1: I'm Richard Davies with Jim Meggs, and we're listening to How Do We Fix It with Farnoosh Tarabi, who has a daily podcast called So Money. So Farnoosh, I'm, I'm interested in
3: how you got interested in this topic. I mean, is this something that was part of your you know, daily life is in your family when you were growing up?
0: I think the topic of money and was very much a fabric of our of our culture. You know, my parents are Middle Eastern. They immigrated here from Iran. And I think if you ask anyone from Iran, or I would say generally in the Middle East, money is less of a taboo than it is here. We negotiate all the time. We are, uh, we're, you know, a lot of people in those countries are small business owners and, and it's just, it's less of a, of a taboo, frankly. And so I think growing up with those types of parents and given our cultural background, it was very open talking about money. And I remember actually my parents, we moved around quite a bit and we would buy and sell homes. They would take me on these trips with the real estate agent and they took me to a closing once. That I was boring. I was about nine or 10 years old and it was like a four hour closing on a home. And I I couldn't, I didn't understand what was really going on, but um, you know, I kind of got what a mortgage was at that young age. And I remember my parents' worked in technology in the eighties and nineties when it was, a, there was a lot of consolidation. So dinner table talk was a lot about layoffs and packages and little Farnoosh shot a package was literally like a package with a bow on it. You know, where <laughs> you, you right. know, it's like, take the package. It sounds, it sounds exciting. What's in the package. Um, you know, so I had a very early, Education on some pretty sophisticated things like mortgages and layoffs. But even the simpler things, I think I got a pretty good education on. My dad and my mom were really insistent, you know, of when I got my first job when I was 16 to save half of it. When I got the first job, my father was the first to talk to me about a 401k. I didn't know what that was. And so uh, constantly talking about money and using, uh, you know, different milestones as teachable moments for me. And so Mm -hmm. I think I had a very comfortable upbringing with that, with with the topic of money.
3: So, Furnish, you came to us today with some very concrete ideas for what people can do to get their money house in order. Yes. You You want to let us know?
0: Sure. Yeah, it's be your biggest financial advocate. This has to happen in order to get your financial house in order. And what I mean by this is you have to assume that you care more about your money than anybody else. No one's going to come knocking on your door and say, hey, I think you deserve more money. Or hey, um, you forgot to read the fine print. There's actually a fee for what you're about to do. You need to be really vigilant in reading the fine print, negotiating your worth, doing your research. Assume that the bottom line stops with you. So assuming this, I think, can be really empowering and it's really more of a, a mental conditioning than anything else to be able to achieve this, and just to say, you know what, I am my biggest financial advocate. Have this be your money mantra. Good things will happen.
1: So, being your own financial advocate is Farnoosh's first tip. Your second tip is is it's about being organized and getting your financial ducks in a row. So, so how do you do that? I mean, how how, how do you start by being better organized with money?
0: Yeah. Well, especially for people out there who don't want anything to do with their money, the key is to think of your financial life as a bunch of systems. So you want a system for saving, a system for getting out of debt, a system for managing your bills. And, and so this requires, at the very least, um, one kind of meeting with yourself and getting all of your financial paperwork in front of you whether it's online or actual physical documents and realizing that you know you might have debt you've got some savings goals and you've got some bills so making sure the first i think the easiest way to get organized is to just get on an automated system with everything so automatically Uh, making sure that when you get paid a percentage of your paycheck goes to a separate savings account for you for a rainy day, that automatically you have a percentage of your paycheck going to retirement for your future. And so you make this decision once you set up the system once and then you're done. It's just working for you. Then with your debt, it's a matter of understanding what are all your obligations from credit cards to student loans, medical bills, and, realizing, okay, what needs to get addressed first? A good way to think about it is, well, you got there's obviously deadlines, whatever has the most imminent deadline, but also what about the interest rates? If you've got several credit cards, I would say the card with the highest interest rate is the one that needs the most... TLC. It's the one that you want to put the most um, money towards.
1: And, and, and so, as you were saying, you don't have to do it all in one day. You can start you know, with little baby steps. Yeah.
0: yeah. So maybe Monday you start with attacking savings. The next day it's about getting acquainted with debt and knowing what you owe and who you owe money to and figuring out how you're going to pay it off um, systematically.
3: You've also said that um, you don't have to do all this alone. That you can organize a team of experts. Who are those people?
0: Yeah. So I think that at the very least, um, if you have, if you're making money and you want to make sure that your money is at is working for you, and that in, in other words, you have money for today and for the future, that you might want to have a conversation with a financial planner. And I think there is this perspective, this idea that only the wealthy should work with financial planners. That's false. Um, yeah, there are wealth managers that have that deal with people who have a lot of money, but then there are people that are happy to work with folks who make modest incomes, but hopefully they'll make more in the future and they want to achieve the same goals everybody else wants to achieve like retirement and travel and buying a home and saving for college. And those people are out there. You want to work with a certified financial planner A good resource is NAPFA.org. It's a National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, NAPFA.org. And there you can find, and the key is you want to work with a certified financial planner who usually will work on a fee basis. Um, They're not going to take a commission. They're uh, your fiduciary, meaning that their goal is to make sure that your goals are met. And they're not trying to achieve anything. Um, behind the scenes, that they're really there to understand what you want to accomplish. And at the very least, have a first meeting. It's free. The first and, meeting is always free.
1: And one of the things you were also saying uh, about setting up automatic accounts also involves your your fourth point, which is don't make saving a choice. It right. should be non-negotiable and, and automatic, right?
0: Yes. Often we think about savings at the the, uh, as sort of the last thing on the list, you know, you have to put yourself first, right? Be your advocate and say, I do need money for my future. Uh, and also for a rainy day. And it should be a top priority, not a last, a last resort or an afterthought because you've spent it getting in the habit of saving is just as important as putting away you know, a lot of money. It's, this is really about just getting in that habit, forming that habit. So it becomes just a part of your your daily activity, your daily life.
3: Now, now speaking of daily life, one of your one of my favorite suggestions of yours for, for Nushas don't worry about the latte habit and <laughs> look for the the big areas where you can right. save money.
0: Yeah, I think we get really obsessed with the with the with the minutia in our budget, and I love my latte. I, I need coffee. I know that sounds very um very like first world privilege. Like I need my my my, my latte, but You know, for me, like I don't I don't have a lot of time in my day to go and, you know, spend casual time doing things. But having a a morning coffee is is like peace and solace for me, even if it's like 10 minutes and it energizes me and I don't want to give it up. So but that doesn't mean that I have to give up on saving. I have to look at other aspects of my budget that probably I could save even more money with less effort and less feeling of deprivation. So if it's, you know, people don't realize that you can negotiate almost everything in your financial life. You can negotiate your insurance rates. You can negotiate um, your gym membership. It's a matter of picking up the phone. And literally, this this is the question. I'd like to save money. Can you help me? And that usually starts a really good conversation with the other person on the other end of the line who wants to keep your business. And so do this with as many billers as possible. Um, With your taxes, it may mean uh, just being a little bit more diligent with receipts, working with a certified financial planner or a tax accountant to help you find ways to save money on taxes. And that's usually a bigger windfall for you than, say, giving up your daily coffee.
1: So you have a daily podcast, So Money. What's the one or or maybe two things that you've really learned from that that you can Mm -hmm. share with us?
0: I learned so much from my guests, whether it's Tony Robbins or the millionaire next door or the average person who's gotten out of debt. I think that for me, and it's been so inspiring to listeners, but especially me, I've learned that um, anything is possible. Anything in your financial life is possible as long as you um, work hard at it and want it bad enough. I, I just talked to a woman yesterday who was on food stamps and decided, you know what? I'm going to turn my financial life around. She had three kids, married, and immersed herself in learning about online marketing and how Facebook marketing works. Guess what? She made $900,000 last year. Wow. And all from her home. And she credits just being really diligent about her goal and educating herself and making a commitment and she kept herself accountable. You know, she told people what she was going to do and she did it. And that to me is like so inspiring because It's evidence that no matter where you are in your life, what stage you're in, if you make a goal and you stick to it and you have a support system around you and you keep yourself accountable, wow, what an inspiration. And I can't wait to air this podcast. It's going to air in a couple of weeks. But um, I just I hear a lot of stories like that where people went from uh, from down in the dumps to, you know, basically financial freedom. And it was really about changing their story. And saying, you know what, I don't want to live this life anymore. I want to start living a better life and taking the reins and not waiting for someone to come to them with a handout and saying, you know, if you want to achieve it, go for it. Things can happen. You just have to stay, stick with it, understand that money is important that work hard work is important, and you know, it, good things happen. I'm I'm just so encouraged. My listeners inspire me every day.
3: Well, that's great. That's a and that's a great note to wrap up on, Fernie. So, thank you so much for joining us and and providing uh, your suggestions and and being part of our podcast.
0: Oh, my pleasure! And um, good luck with everything. I'm so excited for your debut.
1: Yep, and uh, we are indeed uh, excited to be uh, to 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 speak with you, and maybe we'll revisit again because I think you've given us a lot of great ideas about how to how to deal with money in our lives.
0: I'd be happy to. Thanks so much.
1: Thanks for our news.
3: Well, you know, I never knew it would be so much fun just talking about money. Uh, <laughs> what, what a fun interview.
1: Yeah, Farnoosh Tarabi, who has spent all of her life thinking about money. And what was really interesting is that this didn't begin after college the way most of us go. Oh, gosh, now I've got to make a living. I have to start thinking about balancing a checkbook. She was right there with her parents when she was re- really young as they were struggling to make their way as, as immigrants in this country.
3: Yeah, you know, and so many people, when they're exposure to money when they're kids, it's not a happy experience. Their parents are arguing about money and it's a stressful thing. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of people avoid this topic. But, you know, she flips that around and says it's good to bring your kids into the conversation so that they can grow up thinking in a constructive way about about money.
1: Yeah. Well, a, a bunch of our shows, I think, have been around parenting questions. And one of the strongest things that comes out of this interview with her, I think, is the importance of Finding creative ways to talk about money with your kids is something I certainly did, didn't did do as a father as much as maybe I should have done with yeah, my kids it, when they were young.
3: Yeah, tried to do the allowance and, and make kids responsible. It certainly wasn't a, wasn't a big focus. But let's get into the, some of the concrete suggestions. You know, her first one about being your own advocate, about negotiating. That, I think that's really important. I think a lot of times people feel like it's not polite. Or, um, you know, and a lot of people say this is particularly a problem for women in the workplace that, you know, they're offered a job or they're offered a promotion and they don't really feel uh empowered to to do that negotiating that I think everybody should do.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of men are way more confident in asking for a raise th- than women or or stating their value and saying, look, I'm really worth it. Uh, that's a, that's a hard thing for some people to say and may require a bunch of rehearsals with friends Before you go in and and talk
3: to your boss, you know, I've had a lot of people work for me and I've often had to tell people in the midst of this conversation, you don't have to apologize. It's okay. (laughs) You don't have to apologize for, you know, advocating
1: for yourself. It's my job as your boss to listen to that. Now, we've been talking about money for the last 25 minutes or so and the importance of money. But what about the importance of perhaps not always thinking about money. I mean, our society is so built around money and selling
3: stuff. Yeah, I think Farnoosh's point is, you know, you want security. You want freedom from anxiety. And and I really buy that. I think that's important. And I think that uh, the getting these things organized so you're not under a lot of debt, it all really matters. But I, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't want to think about money all the time. You know, it's a I recognize it is a privilege not to have to. But uh, if you worked yourself to a position where that's possible, you know, to me, life isn't just about, you know, what kind of car you drive or what you consume. And, um, and, you know, moving past
1: having to think too much about money is certainly a goal of mine. And so many of the messages you get from media and from even people you talk to are, you know, about being rich, about – That You'll be happier if you have a whole lot more money. I'm not sure that's always true. Well, you know, there's a lot of research
3: on this and, you know, it it, and it's a little contradictory, but but the way I've read it is more money does bring happiness to a point But the point isn't actually that the correlation isn't actually that strong. And certainly, you know, having five times more than you need doesn't make you five times happier.
1: Yeah, I do think, though, that the point that Farnoosh is making is that we all do have to live with with money and that being in denial is no answer at all, that we have to set up systems. Maybe they're automatic saving systems or debt repayment systems that we, so that we don't have to think about money as much as, as a lot of people do worrying about it and not doing anything. Yeah.
3: Actually, you know, if you think about it, taking some of these steps, getting that stuff organized, getting out from under your credit card debt, you know, I was talking, saying that I'm not a huge fan of just rampant consumerism, but it's rampant consumerism that gets people into these problems. And if and if they had a little more discipline about how they organize their financial life, they know they're in good shape, then maybe they do have the freedom
1: to go off you know, and sit on that mountaintop or whatever it is that they want to do that doesn't involve money. <laughs> to your point, Jim, I think one of the best podcasts we've done so far is with Beverly Harzog, who was talking about this. If you do have money problems, then listen to Beverly uh, on one of our earlier podcasts, because she had some really great advice on getting out of debt
3: yeah yeah and i think you know and i think savings and and making sure you're comfortable for retirement these things really matter but you know being in debt is is really the killer and uh and i think there are way too many people who are really crushed under that today so hopefully this advice will filter out there in the society and help some of these people
1: hope so our thanks to producer Miranda Schaefer, audio engineer Denise Barberita at Mona Lisa Studio here in New York. The music you're hearing is by Luz Stravinsky. Send questions and suggestions to our website, howdowefixit.me. That's howdowefixit.me. Thanks for listening.